Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Dubai. Anyone here ever been to Dubai? I see some hands going up. I see that hand. Is there another? So Dubai, of course, is in the Middle East. It's a very modern city and... The airport is not only an incredibly beautiful modern airport, but it's also huge. And in that airport is the longest escalator I've ever seen. And uh, always packed with people. So one time where I was sitting in that airport, I was watching all the people on the escalator. I'm a people watcher. And, I'm, you know, I'm nosy, basically. <laughs> and so... There was one lady there on that escalator who just did not look comfortable at all. You could tell she'd probably never been on a moving sidewalk before. And as it went along, she just, it was evident that she wasn't happy to be on this walking, moving pavement. And then as it got closer to the end, she got more and more nervous, more and more panicky. And she started taking little steps until in the end, she just took one tiny step, one inch, off the end of the escalator and stopped. Well, no one else on the escalator could stop. And so you can imagine the scene. There were bags and bodies and people, and it was carnage. And there is a moral to the story. The moral is, when something's over, don't stop. Life is full of seasons. Everything this side of eternity is temporary. Everything, everything is temporary. Nothing is forever. And we have seasons in our life and sometimes a season can come to an end. It might be the end of a particular job or the end of college or the end of a relationship or the end of something else. But at times we come to an end of an era. But what I've learned is the end of an era is not the completion of a destiny. No, it's not. The best, the best is yet to come. And so I wonder what it is, what season in your life uh, is at that point where it can feel like it's all behind you. And of course, that's a lie of the devil to think that your best days are behind you. I mean, I'm only 69, I'm young. And <laughs> I know I don't look a day over 68, but <laughs> but truth is, I'm not wanting to be the old guy looking backwards. We've got a great decade in front of us, Bobby and I, and I'm excited about what God's got for us. And by the way, I'm going to live longer than a decade. It's just that once I get over 80, I might be quite happy to, well, I don't play golf and I don't fish, so I don't know what else you do. So... <laughs> All I know is seasons come to an end. And it happens in everybody's life. Bobby and I, we bought a piece of land in Sydney in 1993, 30 years ago. It was one acre. It was beautiful. It looks over a beautiful Australian bush setting. And we loved that place. And our kids grew up there. They were all teenagers in that household. And all their friends would come around there. And it's just full of happy memories. 
And we never thought ever that we would sell that house. But sure enough, a new season earlier this year, we sold our house. But you know, I can honestly say I drove away from there and I didn't look back. I think one of the great, great secrets of life is stop looking backwards. There's a lot to thank God for. There's a lot of things that we praise God for. We keep on appreciating those things that are behind us that have set us up as a platform for what God's got ahead of us. But I want to always be the guy who, full of faith, is, has an expectation of greater things ahead in Jesus' name. So, some of you would know that we were pastors of a church called Hillsong. And we planted that church, Bobby and I, uh, 40 years ago. 1983, 40 years ago. And again, I mean, suddenly two years ago, that season came to an end. Uh, and it was not what we expected. But I have to tell you, I'm still not looking backwards. I'm looking forwards into what God has got in front of us in Jesus' name. Life can be full of disappointments. You know, honestly. Whether it's, I mean, there'd be people here, I guarantee, who have been through the crushing disappointment of a miscarriage, or perhaps a heartache, or you didn't get the job. We were talking to someone just a couple of nights ago, and they had interviewed for a job and waited three months. They interviewed for a job at a church and waited three months for an answer. And then eventually the answer was no, disappointing. Maybe the bank said no. You're a deal breaker, though. <laughs> Maybe she said no. Bobby tried to do that to me when we were just dating. Uh, she did. She actually had a prophecy. True story. She got a prophetic word from her pastor that I was second best. Yeah. True story. So I was living in a house with nine single young guys, and Bobby came around, and I could tell just looking at her that something wasn't good. And so she dumped me. She only lasted three months. She realised she couldn't live without me. <laughs> Can't live if living is without you. So anyway, uh, you know, maybe you've just been through a crushing, crushing betrayal or someone you trusted has let you down. It could be a whole lot of things. Well, disappointment is the opposite to appointment. To dis is to go backwards or to do the opposite. And God has a God-assigned appointment for every one of you. And I love the fact that we live with a God-assigned appointment. And if the devil can do anything to get you away from that appointment, he will do it. But of course, he's a defeated foe. I mean, you imagine talking about disappointment, Jesus on the cross, and he crawled out, it is finished. His disciples were gone, they weren't there. It was only his mother and a few others, and it must have seemed such a tragic scene. And when he said, it is finished, they didn't have the insight that we now, being New Testament believers, have in terms of what was finished and what was not finished, what we do know is he said, what is it? Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. And the interpretation is, 
I know because it's in the Bible. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It looked like a desperate scene. But he also said on that cross, into your hands I commit my spirit. The best thing you could do right now if you're in the middle of the end of a season or a disappointment is put your life in his hands. Into your hands I commit my spirit. That's what Jesus did. And we know, don't we, that he wasn't finished. Before he went up, before he ascended into heaven, he descended into the belly of the earth. And what was he doing down there? He was winning victory on your behalf. He was winning victory on my behalf. And there's a Greek word that describes what Jesus accomplished down there in hell. And it's hypernikemon. Think about it. Hyper, over the top. Nike, swoosh. Victory, mon. Hypernikemon, over the top, victorious men. <laughs> Hyper Nike man, how's that? Over the top, victorious. That's what Jesus was doing. By the way, victorious women as well. Better just unrhyme with the word. word. So, so, what we know is Jesus was actually only just getting started. It may feel like something's finished, but I'm here to encourage you, you're just getting started. The best is ahead of you when we can't see it, when we don't know it. And I said, the enemy wants to get you off appointment. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. He was appointed. Jeremiah, the Bible says that God appointed him. The Lord said, I knew you. Before you were in your mother's womb, (laughs) before you were born, I set you apart. He said he was appointed. That's what it goes on and says. He was appointed a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah appointed a prophet to the nations. I wonder what your God-given appointment is. It could be in business. It could be in education. It could be in pretty well any endeavour you can imagine. But if the enemy can get you off assignment through disappointment, through discouragement, he'll do that. So be encouraged. Stand strong. Now you're a child of the living God and he's got a purpose and a plan for you. Thank God for it. Huh? Thank God. And so... Jeremiah 26 verse 9, sorry, Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him. So here's Jeremiah. He was under appointment. God appointed him a prophet to the nations. And instead, he finds himself tortured in stocks, locked up. And I mean, it's so far from the promise that God gave him when he was just a child. And when he told the Lord, I'm too young. It seemed so far from that. So he tried to hold it back. He even tried to deny the Lord. And so let me read the verse. Then I said, I will make mention of him. I will not make mention of him. Speaking to the Lord, nor speak any more in his name. But his word in my heart was like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. 
I love that his word in my heart's like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Yes, he found himself disappointed. He found himself in a place that seemed so far from the promise of God. But he said, I cannot hold it back. And he did not. Let's not hold back. Let's not let any discouragement, any disappointment, anything rob us. Because life has its twists and turns. Proverbs 15 verse 19 describes life. It says, the way of life is a highway. Sounds so easy. Just riding down a freeway. You know, it's a highway. Wouldn't it be great if life was like that? No twists, no turns, no, you know, blind corners. Blind corners are called blind for a reason. You can't see what's just around the corner. That's the good thing about serving the Lord. Oftentimes, we just can't see what's just around the corner. But He knows. He knows. He's still working. He's always working. He's got that God-given appointment for you. <laughs> I mean, some people, your appointment right now in your life is to raise great kids. What a great, great opportunity that is. And then maybe one of those kids get, becomes a teenager and some disappointing things happen. I'm not speaking that into anyone's life. But you know, hold on to what the Word of God says. Hold on to His truth. The devil will try to use disappointment. And so the Bible says, the way of life is like a highway. I mean, that would be so great if that was life. I mean, if it wasn't for the traffic, it would be like Coming from Newport Beach like I did today to Orange to uh, San Diego, just a highway. Yeah. But five verses later, that's verse 19, five verses later, verse 24 says, The way of life winds upward for the wise. Yes, I think sometimes serving God, living life, it's not so much like a freeway, it's much more like a mountain pass, a narrow, gravel, steep mountain pass with cliffs all the way down. <laughs> but, you're a deal maker, but, <laughs> but you know what? Listen to it again. It says the way of life winds upwards, doesn't spiral downwards. The way of life winds upwards for the wise. Man, I've had some twists and turns. In 1999, I was 45. Some of you weren't even born, probably. 1999, I was 45 years of age. I'd been pastoring our church for 12 years. And one day, one of my associates came in and like he did every week, he'd have a list of things to talk through and at the very end, he says, Brian, it's not about you. He said, it's about your father. And at that moment, I heard for the very first time that my father, way back in 1970, had abused a boy. And my father was my hero. He was my mentor. I wanted to be like him. He was a preacher. He was evangelist. He, you know, I, I, not, neither me or any of my siblings knew anything of that evil side of my father. So you can imagine what shocking news it was and I had to deal with it at so many levels as a son, as, as, as you know, the father to 
my father's grandchildren uh, as a pastor. Uh, and obviously there's somebody whose life had been irrevocably hurt and all of these things were happening. And well, I know now that it wasn't just one person that were abused. My father was a serial pedophile. And uh, that was a shocking thing to learn. Well, that was way back then in 1999 and 2014. So now we've come forward 15 years. In Australia, they had what they call a royal commission. It's like an inquiry. But being called in there, it's just like going into a courtroom. You know, you are, uh, you know you're examined and cross-examined and it was not a friendly environment. So it was a royal commission insta institutional child abuse. So in other words, everyone from the Catholic Church to the Boy Scouts uh, looking into child abuse. And even though I think they were very, um, what's the word? They were, you know, it was a great thing that it happened. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of changes were made in Australian society. But we never expected to be there because we thought we did everything well. First thing I did was tell the church authorities both the denomination we were part of and Hillsong Church itself, and then started telling other people and so on. And when I found out, the victim was 37. So he wasn't a seven-year-old boy. He was a 37-year-old man that this had happened to right back there in the early 1970s. And he was very clear he didn't want anyone to go to the police. The funny thing is, there were a lot of people who knew this before I did including pastors. None of them told me. None of them went to the police. And I mean, it may seem obvious now, but when a 37-year-old is saying, I don't want anyone to go to the police, no one knew that we were duty-bound. But in my state, New South Wales, there's a law. It's not in any other state in Australia. It's not in America. And uh, so 2014, a Royal Commission, 2014, 20, 2016, I found that the police were investigating me for covering it up. 2021, two years ago, I get charged, criminally charged with a crime. And I'm quite certain if I wasn't from Hillsong, I wasn't Brian Houston, it would never have happened. I have no doubt that it was a persecuting, you know, uh, targeted charge. And a lot of it was brought on by media pressure. Because basically a whole false narrative built on a false premise had been built around the circumstances. And some of you may even know documentaries and so on have muddied the waters and basically lied and made it look wild, like, wow, my father was abusing a boy. I was not doing anything about it. I was 15 at the time and, of course, knew nothing about it. And so it's just a horrific set of circumstances. And... I mean, there's a lot of detail and it's always dangerous to leave something important out. But what I do know is December 2022, I ended up in the court, Bobby with me every day and others in our family uh, for three and a half weeks, every day. Every time we went up the courtroom, front steps, we were getting jostled by the press, by a media mass and uh, provocative questions getting yelled out and getting abused and so on. And uh, if anything was going to get anyone off appointment, <laughs> you know, this could be it. And so then that was deferred. So June this year, 
We're a couple more days in the court. Then finally, August the 17th, the judge, uh, he's called a magistrate, he read a 90-minute finding. And in that finding, he said these actual words. He said, I find that the exact opposite of a cover-up. And uh, he found me not guilty. But... <laughs> But that was a trial I could never have imagined in my life. And uh, it would be so easy to just sit down, hand the baton over. I'm all about handing the battle baton to younger generations, but uh, I don't feel ready to do anything else but keep going forward in Jesus' name. So that's... That's what we intend to do. By God's grace, that's what we're believing we can do. So I don't know, your trial, it could be very different than mine. I mean, I had an actual trial in a courtroom. <laughs> and even the day it finished and I talked on the top of the steps, my daughter got slammed against a wall, Laura, and Bobby got pushed out of the way by the media. It was just a horrific situation. Uh, and it was beautiful to hear those words and a 90-minute judgment that was overwhelmingly uh, debunked, uh, the narrative that was out there. But it took its toll. And things in your life will take their toll. But that's where we've got the Word of God to strengthen us and the Book of Miracles, you call it. The Book of Miracles, I love that. That's where we've got the Word of God that sustains us and the power of the Holy Spirit who stands with us. Whatever the disappointment... Whatever's trying to get you off your God-assigned appointment, whatever the twists and turns on that winding path called life that you're facing right now, let's believe God and take Him at His word that greater is He that is in us than He is working against us, and let's believe. Yes. Where there's life, there's hope. I'll tell you one place disappointment doesn't come from, and that's God, because He's the God of hope. And Romans 5 says, hope does not disappoint. And so that part is pretty clear. So some things in your life that feel like they're just forever. It feels like this just will never come to an end. I have to tell you, over that 25 years, it felt like this nightmare is never going to come to an end. And I feel for all my father's victims because they carry that nightmare into all of their lives which is tragic, and I, I'm sad about it. But I'm not my father. I didn't do that. As a matter of fact, I've always had a hatred for pedophilia because I love children. And so, you know, I'm not saying poor old me. All I am saying is God will always find a way through it and into a new season and a new opportunity. I love this scripture. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. And it says this. It's Peter speaking. And he says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Wonderful joy ahead. Listen to it. It says, Even though you must endure many trials, but this is the part I love, for... A little while. 
for a little while. What do you need to tell yourself tonight? This is only for a while. In the middle of that while, it may seem like nothing will ever change and it may feel like you're just gonna be a victim of this for the rest of your life, the hurt, the betrayal, the damage that was done. It could easily feel like that, but let's believe what the Word of God says. This is only for a while. And along the same lines, you know, uh, Paul, he really upset the Corinthians. I mean, he offended them. He wrote them an email. <laughs> he wrote them an epistle and they were out of order. So in his epistle, that's what he was doing. He was bringing order. I normally would move around a little more, but unfortunately I've only got one foot working properly. And it wasn't so bad until Dr. Mack got a hold of me, but <laughs> it's not true. That is absolutely not true. It's not true. So he upset, just like I've just upset him. He upset the Corinthians. And he said this to them. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6, 8, verse 8. For even if I made you sorry with my letter... I do not regret it, though I did regret it, for I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Only for a while. I can say with a spirit of faith in my heart, whatever it is right now, maybe it does feel like a season came to an end. It may feel like there is no real way forward, like the best is behind you. It may feel like uh, you know, the, the hurt, the disappointment you've faced will scar you for the rest of your life. And I think things happen in our lives. And yes, we can learn from them and grow from them. And yeah. it's not as though we just one day forget it ever happened. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. I believe what the Word of God says. It is only for a while. This is only for a while. Amen. You're my favourite congregation member. Yeah. <laughs> this is only for a while. Let me finish with a story. It's probably the most embarrassing story of my whole life. So I was a young pastor and I was preaching in a country town in Australia and in those days, you would always stay at the pastor's house. Well, I don't know about you, but you never quite feel comfortable staying in someone else's house, do you? Not, not 100% comfortable. I mean, you're scared that you're going to be in the bathroom when someone else needs it. And uh, I mean, you can't burp. You can't run around in your own underwear. I mean, you could try, but you might get arrested. I mean, there's just a lot of things you can't do. Like I said, you can't burp, you can't fart. It's just making sure everybody's awake. <laughs> and so that was the situation. Well, I decided on the Sunday morning to get up very early so that I could beat everyone to the bathroom. They only had one bathroom. It was a small house. And I'd have my shower and I grabbed my suit back in those days, and my white shirt and tie. And I took them with me down to the bathroom. 
and I had a shower and all was well until afterwards, dripping wet, I realised that I left the guest towel they gave me down in the bedroom. And the bedroom was down a long hallway. And so what do you do? Do you put your, your suit and your nice white shirt and everything else on while you're dripping wet? I mean, what do you do? So what I did was I just opened the door slightly like that. There was absolutely no sign of life. And I thought if I hit full speed, I could make it to the guest room to where my towel is and no one will ever know. That was the plan. And so that's what I did. I held my suit on its hanger and my tie and everything else. And I opened the door one more time, made sure nobody was coming. And I took off (laughs) down the hallway, timber floor. And suddenly the door handle on the room next to my room, like in slow motion, began to open. And I'm panic-stricken. I'm like, what do I do? Completely naked, running down. I'm the guest preacher. And I made a fatal mistake. At full speed, on a timber floor, with very wet feet, I decided, at full speed, to turn around and go back. (laughs) Boom! Down I went. I promise you, every part of this story is 100% the truth. And so now I'm on the floor, naked, clothes flung everywhere, feeling humiliated, put my head down and the door actually, it opened, there was a pause and then it closed again. (laughs) And to this day, I have no idea who it was. I have no idea what they saw. I have no idea what they didn't see. All I know was we had breakfast with the family, mum and dad and a couple of teenage kids. No one ever said a word. I never said anything. None of them said anything. And I was so embarrassed about that story that it took at least 15 years before I ever repeated it. Bobby didn't even know about it. So there's a moral to this story too. And that is when something's over, Don't stop. The end of an era is not the completion of a destiny. The end of an era, where's the worship team? The end of an era is not the completion of a destiny. Amen. Amen. So come on, why don't we all stand? I wonder what it is in your life, a season maybe that's either come to an end or is coming to an end. And it can feel like, to all intent and purpose, it can feel like, you know, it's over. It can feel like there's no way forward. My word of encouragement is this is only for a while. Amen. God, when he's appointed us, will not allow the devil to disrupt it. And that's why we have to decide in disappointment, 
I'm sticking by the call of God on my life. God called me to build a business that would be a blessing to the kingdom of God. And yes, the challenge came and we lost that important client or this or that, but it's only for a while. Yes, perhaps you didn't get the opportunity you were expecting and it's hurt you and it's disappointing or you've been betrayed or whatever else. It could be a host of things, but it's only for a while. Father, I just thank you again for the power of your Word. I pray, Lord, that you'll minister life and hope into people. You're the God of hope and hope does not disappoint. And whatever it is that tries to get people off their God-assigned appointment, Lord, I just pray that they will understand faithfulness to You and a determination that we won't be thrown off course. We'll open doors to better days and better opportunities. Lord, I just speak it into the lives of people. I wonder how many people here, and you can identify with this Word because there is some aspect of your life or a part of your life that it's come to an end and it's hard to see what's next and what's ahead. I mean, I mentioned relationships. It can be pretty devastating disappointment when someone walks out of your life. And so it could be many, many things. But if that's you right now and feels like the end of a season and there's been a word in season for you, just raise your hands wherever you are. Lift them up high. Lift them up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we speak the word of the Lord over every one of these lives. We speak the promise of God over every single one of these people. We say, have your way, Father. Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name that when the enemy tries to derail us, he will not be successful. Lord, we're going to stand firm on the Word of God and we believe you'll open doors that we could never have imagined. That right around that blind corner may be an opportunity that we never, ever imagined could come our way. Lord, I pray you'll put the right people in people's lives. Lord, I pray you'll put the right opportunities. Lord, you give them the right tools. You'll give them, Father, the right spirit, the right mindset, Lord to keep moving forward into all that you have for them. And Lord, we break the power of disappointment in this life, in this building. We break it, Father. And we thank you, Lord, in your precious name. We thank you for new ways, new doors, new opportunities. Thank you in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord Jesus a great big clap and thank you? Amen. Amen. Look, I've only got a couple more minutes, but this will only take a couple of minutes. Let me just ask you, like we do every week, have you ever made a conscious choice to surrender ownership of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? By conscious choice, I mean there was a day, there was a time when you know that you know that you know that Jesus came into your life. I believe tonight, a Wednesday night, maybe Wednesday night, I don't know, but what I do know there's a people here that Jesus can turn your life around like that. And maybe you've been in the grips of a disappointment or maybe it's some other thing. But the Scripture is very clear. If you ask Jesus to come into your life, He will come in and He'll live in you. Amen. Amen. Have you ever made that kind of choice? Because in just a minute, I'm going to count to three and on three, I'm going to ask every single person everywhere, who says, Brian, when you pray for people to make that conscious choice for Jesus, will you include me? I would love to include you in my prayer. Or if maybe at some point you pursued Jesus and you loved the Lord, but somewhere along the way you lost your way. 
He doesn't move. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's the constant one. But we could be making choices that have us living alienated or dislocated from the centre of God's will. What a perfect day to come back to Jesus at the centre. And he said, Brian, when you pray for people to turn from their backsliding, to get right with God, to come back to Jesus at the centre, would you include me in that prayer? I would love to pray for you. So as I said on three, I'm going to count to three and on three I'm going to ask all of the people who say, Brian, include me in that prayer. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I'm believing there'll be a lot of hands. You're not going to be the only one. You're not going to be the only one. So you say, Brian, when you pray for people to be born again, to be saved, to get right with God, to have a new beginning and a brand new start, to believe for the old to pass away, all things to become new. This is your night. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. So we have every eye closed, every person in prayer. And let's all just be thinking about where we're at spiritually. And like I say, on three, if you say, Brian, please include me in that prayer, then you raise your hand. And then people will raise their hand and we're all as a big church family gonna pray together. So you ready for that? Ready on three to raise your hand? Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up, lift them up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> ah, thank you, Jesus. I love seeing people make choices for Jesus. So we're going to pray this prayer, everybody, out loud, boldly. There's an awakened church prayer, all right? And so we're going to pray boldly. And if you raised your hand, you pray these words after me, along with everybody else. And I believe tonight Jesus will come fill your life. So let's pray these words together. Dear Jesus, this is the moment. I surrender ownership of my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of you, Jesus, from this moment, I'm a child of God, a new creation. Thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for your forgiveness and mercy. I am a believer. Jesus is alive in me. Ah, uh, come on, give them one more great big. Congratulations. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.